Conventional financial <clears throat> experts <clears throat> say, almost with a unified voice, that self-directed IRAs are so dangerous that you should not use them. I, your humble host, on the other hand, say something entirely different. Don't let their ignorance get in your way of building great wealth in your IRA through alternative investments. Today, you learn question number one of three very simple questions to ask yourself, which will virtually guarantee you'll never face the ire of the IRS due to your IRA. I'm Brian Ellis. This is episode number 268. It's time. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting worldwide from selfdirected.org Central Command. Located far from the corruption of Wall Street and Washington, you're listening to Self-Directed Investing with your host and the voice of the Self-Directed Investor Revolution, Brian Ellis. (laughs) Here we go again, SDI Nation. Thank you for joining me for another excursion into investment excellence, guided by me, your Always opinionated, sometimes a little stubborn, but always dead-on accurate host. (laughs) My goal today is simple, to help you to find, understand, and profit from exceptional alternative investment opportunities, no matter where you are, from sea to shining sea. Today's show is, of course, sponsored by the Self-Directed Investor Society, America's only private association for investors who prefer to take control of their own investments even when that means buying real estate or cryptocurrencies or other wild and woolly asset types inside of an IRA or 401k. To learn more about the Self-Directed Investor Society, visit selfdirected.org. My friends, a few weeks ago, I published an article in Forbes that created quite an uproar. It's linked on today's show notes page, and the basic idea is this. Conventional financial professionals are very negative on self-directed IRAs, but the reason for it's really self-serving. The more you, the more you and the more I and the more Americans as a whole rely on self-directed IRAs, well, the less the conventional financial industry stands to profit from all of us. Uh, a little uh, side note. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, just received an email from Chris from Florida, one of your fellow listeners, who is telling me to tell you what the URL for today's show page is. uh, Chris, thank you for that. Today's episode number is 268, and using our super secret, highly encrypted, totally indecipherable formula, the page we've come up with, uh, the address we've come up with for today's episode number 268 is selfdirected.org slash 268. (laughs) Selfdirected.org slash 268. That's where the Forbes article is linked and everything else for today's uh, episode, including where you can interact with other listeners to this show. Uh, And clearly, Chris already has our email address. Thank you for using it that way, Chris. For the rest of you, if you have any questions, comments, or even criticisms, but mostly questions and comments, (laughs) uh, go ahead and feel free to drop me an email to feedback at selfdirected.org. So the primary critique those conventional types level against self-directed IRAs is the danger and the risk. Well, invariably, they're referring to prohibited transactions. That pesky set of rules that, if you break them, are, in fact, quite dangerous and risky. But there's some things they don't tell you, I think, because they don't know. These conventional financial folks are they're almost entirely ignorant of the actual rules about prohibited transactions, uh, it's it's obvious from their comments, but 
I digress. Here's, here's why the danger and risk of prohibited transactions should not dissuade you from using a self-directed IRA or 401k. The truth is, it's pretty easy to stay away from prohibited transactions. Yep, there I said it. It's easy. All you need to do is ask yourself three simple questions. And today, my friends, I shall reveal unto you question number one to set your mind at ease. (laughs) What is that question? That question is, are you double dipping? That's right, my friends. The IRS takes great offense if you reintroduce that partially consumed corn chip into the otherwise pristine bowl of salsa. Or if you actually dare to re-dip that bitten end of the breadstick into the communal bowl of cheese dip. <laughs> well, I, I guess the IRS's concern about double dipping is more, uh, that's the, maybe more of a metaphor than actual because I did just run a text search of uh, Internal Revenue Code Section 4975 that deals with prohibited transactions. And much to my chagrin, it turns out there's nothing in there about double dipping. <laughs> but what is in there is exactly the same thing. Consider this common scenario. You find a lovely vacation home, maybe a beachfront condo in the exact location where you want to retire. So you buy that condo. Well, more precisely, your IRA buys that condo, and your plan is simple. When you reach retirement, you'll have the IRA give that house to you. Just distribute the house to you, and you will live there happily ever after. And in the meantime, though, you do something pretty smart. You hire a local property management company to rent that property out for you to generate some income and cover some of your costs. Now, look, so far, good idea. So far, so good. In fact, at this point, you're already well into some great tax advantages for that property by way of your IRA. And you know what? The IRS, they're cool with that. It's okay. Then, on a fateful Friday afternoon, before a long weekend, you get a call from the property management company. And they tell you the person who had rented your property for the upcoming weekend just backed out. Your condo is going to sit empty this weekend. Hmm. So what do you do? Well, the only rational thing, of course, you knock off of work early, grab the spouse, and you head over to that property for the long weekend yourself. Nobody else will be using it, and it's absolutely the best weekend of the year to be there. You, of course, have a good time, a great time even. The problem is you've broken the rules. You've just double-dipped. How? Just how have I double-dipped? You, the inquisitive listener, may be wondering. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you how. Remember those wonderful tax breaks you're getting because it's your IRA that owns the property? The stuff about using pre-tax dollars to buy the real estate like you did. The stuff about paying no taxes on income generated from that property. You know, the stuff about maybe even paying no taxes during retirement, depending on the kind of IRA you're using. That stuff? Well, those are some big benefits, really big benefits. And remember, the IRS is cool with that. And so consider those benefits dip number one into the tasty salsa of IRA benefits. <laughs> but then you went and double dipped. You see, by spending the weekend in that lovely condo owned by your IRA, not only are you getting those great tax breaks, but you're also getting the benefit of using those assets yourself at the expense of your IRA. And to the IRS, whenever you start actually benefiting personally from the assets in your IRA in any way other than just those great tax benefits you're already receiving, then you're double dipping. Double dipping is bad. 
Double dipping is very bad. Not only is it personally disgusting in a culinary sense, (laughs) it's economically disgusting because when the IRS realizes you've done it, they're going to declare your IRA as being fully distributed. I won't go into the gory details of that here, but let's just say that the appropriate words to describe it are uh, apocalyptic, cataclysmic, uh, absolutely, positively disastrous. Get my drift? It's brutal. And it's almost always totally irreparable. There's a lot more information about that and even a free ebook I wrote about this topic over at the website. It is linked on today's show page at selfdirected.org slash 268. Go over there to download that if you like. And here's the thing. From where the IRS is sitting, if anybody you're related to or any businesses you own or control or basically anybody or anything in which you have an interest, if any of those people or entities uses, uh, if they use the property of your IRA, that's double dipping too. The IRS considers anybody that benefits because of you who's related to you. That's also double dipping. So question number one to ask yourself before every single IRA deal that you do is this. Am I double dipping? If the answer is yes, or even maybe yes, or even indirectly yes, run far, far away, you're entering very dangerous territory. Otherwise, you're good to proceed on to equally easy question number two to make sure that you do not run afoul of the rules for IRAs. And that question is, well, that question's what I'll reveal to you on the very next episode of this show. And you know what? That episode is available to you right now. And how? How may I have access to this precious jewel of knowledge, you are doubtlessly wondering? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. The information is on today's show page at selfdirected.org slash 268, selfdirected.org slash 268. My friends, invest wisely today and live well forever. That's all for now, but your training is far from over. Go right now to selfdirected.org slash freedom to download your complimentary guide that shows how to break your investment capital free from Wall Street's corruption and Washington's propaganda. And you'll also get instant access to hundreds more episodes of this show at no cost to you. Send your questions, comments, and speaking inquiries for Brian to feedback at selfdirected.org. And don't even think about relying on what you've just heard as legal or professional advice, because it's not that. And you know it. Copyright 2017, SDIIP Trust, all rights reserved.